0: Welcome to Foundation Christian Church. We're glad that you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit foundationcitrusheights.com. First blank to remind us of where we were at last week, and in case you weren't here, so you understand the foundation we're building on. First blank. Standout desires automatically lead me to standout consumption. Last week, this week, and next week, we're talking about... I'm using the word standout, so I'm speaking English, but really we're talking about holiness. Set apart, other, different, conspicuous. Huh. Those Christians are weird. Let me remind you of a quote I shared last week of one Roman official to another, reporting on this weird group called Christians that he saw in his jurisdiction in the south of what we would today call Turkey. He said, we Romans are stingy with our money and we're very, what's the word? Not generous. What was the word? Promiscuous with our bodies. These Christians are promiscuous with their money, meaning generous, and they are stingy with their bodies. They have a different sexual ethic than we do. That's a beautiful testimony on the macro. That wasn't one person. That was this entire population of Christians. They're generous. Wow. Wow. Where's that come from? White knuckling it? Oh, God wants me to be generous and he'll throw me into hell if I don't tithe. Hashtag nonsense. That was three layers of nonsense all in one sentence. Okay? Begrudging submission does not make your father's heart glad. That was for free. Okay? Standout desires, as we talked about last week, you take your love of Jesus, imagine it is this little campfire where there are just a few embers, it's almost been burnt out, And you come and you put just small pieces of wood around it and some leaves and you gently blow on it and you bring that sucker back. How many of you guys know that your quiet time in the morning, you just feel like your spiritual life is embers and you gotta put something on it, right? Lord, I feel dry, dark night of the soul, circumstances. I haven't been reading my Bible all week. When our desires as Christians, when our desires, our chief affection is Jesus Everything else finds a way of sorting itself out. Or let me put it this way for finances. If there's a guy who doesn't love Jesus and he has uh, an MBA and his bachelor's was in finance and he knows all the details of everything about money and you look at his budget, it is what it is, his personal family budget. And then you take another guy with no financial education who doesn't desperately loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Are the budgets going to be the same? A coal miner who loves Jesus will be more generous than a Wall Street banker who does not. Heart is like 90% of it, and the rest is details. Tactics, head knowledge, Behavior patterns, like these are details that will, I'll figure, you know that phrase that where there's a will, there's a way? If God has my heart, I'll figure out the rest. I'll figure out the rest. So that was last week. Now, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to a couple of folks nearby you. We're going to answer this question. What's a purchase that you made that you later regretted? What's a purchase you made that you later regretted? I'll give you a minute and a half. Go ahead and talk. All right. Don't throw your friend under the bus. Don't tell their story, but anybody willing to shout out their own. What was what was your regrettable purchase? Mike. Oh, exercise equipment. Who here's bought some exercise equipment and it just collected dust? Yeah. What? You bought your kids? Oh, no. <laughs> regrettable purchases you're willing to share? Huh? A, a what box? Yeah, a guitar. Oh, musical equipment. $600 worth of Legos. Why would you regret that? Come on, man. All right, today, the sermon and the topic is standout consumption or standout spending. Uh, the stuff that we never want to talk about. Because our spending reflects our values, doesn't it? And if you criticize my spending, you've now criticized a value, which you feel like you're criticizing me, right? So I get defensive and I put up walls and I might, there might've been a blessing waiting for me in my financial life, but I'm defensive so I can't receive it. Just me, right? So let's just dismantle that right now. The enemy of your soul is here to accuse you. Your father through his word is here to teach and instruct you toward joy and life and blessing. Is that clear? Okay, so be careful for what's about to happen. Your little shoulder angel's gonna show up and say, yeah, that's right, that's the Bible. And then the shoulder demon shows up. So, so just watch out, okay? We're Americans. We don't like people telling us what to do. Don't tread on me, right? So, uh, but you have a Lord if you love Jesus. And, and so I'm gonna do my best to not screw up. Uh, the litany Of times that the Bible talks about money, again, leading us toward life and joy, not trying to spoil our fun, right? If we trust our God, we're not gonna believe he's here to spoil our fun, but he's here for our blessing. So we're gonna do a little exercise. Grab a pen. If you've got your paper notes, if you do not, then I want you to pull out your phone, open up the notes app and do this. This is gonna get us started. Standout consumption requires vigorously redefining my wants and my needs. This is like, We can't get anywhere without this uh, because we read the Bible and we're immediately reading it wrong. Some of it even has to do with older English. Uh, If you're reading Elizabethan English, uh, like you're in an older translation of the Bible that say, I will have no want, I will not be in want. The word want literally meant having your needs met. And today we say want just meaning a desire separate from needing to eat or have oxygen or a roof over my head. So... We need to be really careful and and rigorously reassess in a world that is inviting us to worship every shiny object. We got to get down to brass tacks of what our needs actually are. How do we define the word need? How do we define the word want? And with those definitions, you ready for it? We're going to read the Bible better We're gonna read the Bible better because then I go into Psalm 23 and I realize, oh, God says he's gonna meet my needs. He didn't say he's gonna satisfy my every desire. And when he does talk about desire throughout the Psalms and other places, he's talking about us finding our greatest joy in glad relationship to our creator. So we've gotta get our heads on straight. Here's the exercise I want you to do with the notes app. I want you to rate your own spending. Do not elbow your spouse if you're sitting next to your spouse. I told you. If you're single, it be perhaps a little easier. I want you to give these four areas of your life a score, one through three. One, I am underspending in this area. I have genuine need. Like, yikes, uh, there's, I, I'm spending zero on my car right now, but my car is a beater and I can barely make it to work. I really probably should consider a better car, right? That kind of thing, that's a one. Two, I think I'm doing about th- right. And three, you know what? This probably is more than I need. This probably is more than we need. See how subjective it is? Okay, don't let the enemy whisper in your ear on this one. You're gonna have to use wisdom that only comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a little subjective. Uh, just four areas of life. Give yourself a one through three score on housing, transportation, transportation, Recreation, having fun, time off, you know. And then vocational training education. Some of us are still paying off our college. Some of us are trying to prepare for kids' college. Or, hey, they want to become an auto mechanic or whatever, or they want to start a business and I want to help them. These four things are so gargantuan. I want to ask you to go ahead and by yourself just assess these things. I'll give you a minute. I am probably underspending in this category. Three is maybe I'm overspending in this category. You can never overspend with fishing now, can you? <laughs> Jesus said we were fishermen, like that, anyway, should get a pass. One, I am probably underspending. Three, I am probably overspending in the areas of housing, transportation, recreation. you to share your answers. This is just for you. By all means, if you desire to share your answers and things that you feel like God's showing, you want to share them with a friend, share them in your disciple group, by all means, do that. But this is kind of a starting point because we're going to talk about spending and we need to get our head on straight. Here's your next blank. This is going to come straight out of Philippians 4. Standout consumption requires me to choose radical contentment. Standout consumption requires me to choose radical contentment. Contentment. our brother Paul 2000 years ago <laughs> I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything I've learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or with little for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength famous Bible verse you got that last one on your coffee cup So I I love me some Christian athletes, but the whole Bible verse—I you know—I don't know that this has to do with throwing a a ball from a 23-year-old to a 25-year-old and making 17 million dollars to do so. The context of this is contentment. Whether I am rich or poor, I have learned the secret sauce of thanking God that I woke up this morning. Easier said than done, say yes. Easier said than done. But Paul has been imprisoned multiple times for doing exactly what God told him to do. In a culture where the prisons didn't feed you, you had friends bringing you food and water or you died. And he had also been a, part, you know, from his education, we presume that he grew up with means. He had lived well and he had been in really tough spots. He'd been executed before and survived it because they weren't great executioners. That's a lousy day. I mean, it's a great day. You made it to the end. (laughs) Most people don't. He'd been through it. And he's speaking from experience. It sounds like we're going to have to make a choice. And what I'm trying to say to you in this point is, if Christian spending... If my relationship with Macy's, if my relationship with Amazon, if my relationship with Toyota, if my relationship with Apple is going to stand out, I need a starting point that my Savior is enough. Gosh, if you had one amen that you brought with, you put it in your hip pocket right here, you you had it with your wallet, your keys, your amen, and you came to church, because that's the reality. That was the moment. That, that's the reality. Without purposefully choosing to be content with what the Lord has provided, I am going to get washed downstream in the culture of me, 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 more, 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 I want it my way, I want it my way. And this is an apologetic unto itself. You can and you will get a chance to share of the beauty and sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll get a chance because your spending stands out. Your spending stands out because of contentment. You know what else happens when you're content? Your faith is strong. You don't freak out when something goes sideways. Scripture also says, be ready always to give an answer for the hope that you have. How does hope shine? Well, everybody else is worried about a financial crisis and you're okay. You've chosen contentment. Because Paul modeled it and taught it, and you said, you know, that, that's, that's a good idea. Um, this is not in your notes, so jot this down if it's helpful for you. Take a picture of the screen if it's helpful. If I am content, greed has no power in my heart to drive unnecessary spending. I didn't put in a bunch of verses on greed. But I, I, Dennis will back me up on this one. The person up here behind the pulpit always gets the most blessing the prep that I was able to do, there were so many verses on greed that were so convicting to me and I don't have time to bring them today. But the, the fact of the matter is, is we always think somebody else is rich. We don't think we're rich. And so we have a nasty habit of reading through the Bible and it says, don't be greedy. And we, we think, oh yeah, that rich person in the, next, in the nice neighborhood, they should not be greedy. Um, the reality is it's talked about a lot and, it's, and it is said to folks that did not have flush toilets, did not have electricity, were under the thumb of the Roman government, God said, don't be greedy. This continuous desire for more, you can be broke and still be greedy. But where does greed get its power? What makes greed dangerous in my life? Deciding that God hasn't given me enough. Discontentment. That's where greed gets its power. So I want to disarm it. I'm going to, find the power, I'm going to find the power of contentment, just like Paul did. And since I'm content, advertisement after advertisement after advertisement, telling me that I need more to be happy, I need their thing to be satisfied, I need their thing. Those messages fall on deaf ears because I'm okay. God's provided. I'm okay. I want you to imagine... Go to the grocery store right after you went out to lunch with a friend. You sit down, you have a good hour and a half long conversation. You guys enjoy your meal and you're done and you're moving on with your day. And you're like, you know what? I need to hit the store. So you go to the grocery store. Do you overspend at the grocery store? Probably not. There are ways that impulse items are put forward to anybody, but your tummy just got filled recently. You went to lunch. Your tummy's full. You are satisfied. You are, are you ready for it? What's the word, guys? You're content. And the marketers in the grocery store are going to make less money because you're content. Do you think a car dealership could make less money if you're content? Do you think a resort in Hawaii could make less money if you're content? Could Kellogg's make less money if you're content? There is no company out there that directly or indirectly doesn't stand to loot. Like our contentment is a direct threat to the American economy. No no offense to George W. Bush or those that love him, but when we went into a recession, he got on international television and asked America, please start spending. It's not because he's foolish. That's just literally how the world works. The way we measure how things are going, basically the Dow, the way we measure is we have to have Americans spending money even if we have to print money and hand it to them and ask them to spend it. We have to have them spending. And and Jesus doesn't sound that way. Paul doesn't sound that way. Solomon in Ecclesiastes, man, I spared you guys. I had some Ecclesiastes for you today. I decided to take it out for the sake of time. Woo, man, you go to Ecclesiastes 5.8. If you want a blessing And I mean blessing in the sense that you hired a personal trainer and you can't walk for the next four days afterwards. That's what Ecclesiastes 5.8 is. And the next 12 verses about contentment with how much God has provided. Ooh, so anti-culture, our our culture. Mm, mm, mm. So next step, here's the only next step I'm giving you today in this entire sermon because this is what matters. Connect meaningfully with God at the start of your day so your cup will be full. Just 15 minutes of reading the scriptures is way better than nothing. So if you're doing nothing right now, let me challenge you to 15 minutes. Five honest minutes of telling God where you're at and laying those burdens at his feet is way, way better than zero minutes. Okay? Guys, I am in the thick of it. I've got three kids, two of them in diapers. I get it. Sometimes it is, I've got to wake up at five because the kids are up at 5.30. But I'm telling you, and I've, I've done this. I've, I've had time in scripture that was at lunchtime at one phase in my life. I had time in scripture that was an evening. I had time in scriptures in the morning. And I am telling you, I sin more if I have not connected with God first. I sin more. It goes poorly for my family. It goes poorly for some of you guys. If that's not the case for you, if you can drink deeply of the scriptures in the evening, praise the Lord. If lunch break is the time that you can set aside for scriptures, praise the Lord. Get something. Get something. But why am I talking about a quiet time in the middle of a money series? I'm glad you asked. Because this is where contentment has to be declared loudly to your own heart at the start of the day. My Savior is enough and the enemy is talking to you so consistently all day long, guess what? Wake up the next morning and preach it again. My Savior is still enough. Because the marketers don't stop preaching. Satan doesn't take a break. Your friends that are far from God that have a very different worldview, they don't take a break sharing their opinions. Every untruth is still coming your way, so you're going to have to drink of what is true to keep your head on straight, to keep your heart on straight. Connect meaningfully with God so that when you walk into the grocery store of life, you're not making these visceral and carnal decisions, but careful ones, right? You're going to make decisions all day long from a stronger position because your contentment cup is filled up. I'm content, I don't need to worship money today because I have my savior. I don't need to worship the approval of my boss today because I found my approval in Christ. I don't need to worship what my dad thinks. I don't need to worship my vision of success and whether I attain it by the age of 50. Like all of these things that the world chases after, they are going to lose their power when we choose into contentment. Look at the first three verses of the book of Psalms. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it once a week for 40 minutes while Greg is talking. Did I read that right? Yeah, I lied. It's not 40 minutes, I know. Okay, third third verse. They, those that meditate on the word day and night, are like trees planted along the river bank. Right where the water table's high, they're gonna get all the nutrients they need, bearing fruit each season. Hey, if you're a Christian, you wanna bear fruit? Do you want your life to be worth a darn? You wanna do something that Jesus smiles, your, your, your spouse, if you have one, is blessed, your children, if you've got kids, are blessed, your neighbors are blessed, your coworkers are blessed. Like, do you want a fruitful life? Or are you trying to just hold on until you die? I want fruit. No, like literally, my doctor won't let me have most. Of it. I would, I, anyway. I want a fruitful life. I want my life to matter deeply. And apparently it comes from those that meditate on the law of God instead of going, oh, God's telling me what to do. They do it day and night. Oh, brothers and sisters, foundation, let me encourage you, okay? A training gown for passionate disciples of Jesus Christ, our second vision statement. I cannot think of something more basic to achieving that vision than getting all of us into our Bibles daily. I can't think of anything I would start with other than that. Prayer is close behind, right? Scripture, I'm listening to my Father. Prayer, I'm talking to my Father. Those are the first two steps. That's the right foot and left foot of being a passionate disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Running out of time here. So third, This is a statement that's going to end six different times. My consumption will stand out if... Where are my practical people at? You just want to be told, okay, tell me what to do with this. I don't need all the big words. Okay, I have one practical person. You're going to love this. Okay. And this is scripture. I put the verses in here so you don't slip my tires that you know you're mad at God, you're not mad at me. Conspicuous, stand out, holy. My consumption in this culture will stand out if I'm prepared for retirement. Almost two-thirds of baby boomers are reaching retirement with their house paid off, and they consider themselves lucky. But that's all about all they have net. Um, it's not good. And Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, we're going to be way, way worse, statistically speaking. Um, yikes. But Proverbs has something to be said about carefully considering the behavior of the ant, who works when things are good, carefully works and toils away in preparation for times where you can't earn money or you can't harvest. My consumption will stand out if I purchase assets, not liabilities. And I use three different examples from the Proverbs 31 woman. When she spends money, she buys things that make her money. Okay, I'm not gonna spend time on this, but when you purchase a bond, they're the one borrowing You give a thousand bucks and they're paying you 4% or whatever. They're the one who's in debt, not you. That's the opposite of a credit card at 21%. God save us all, right? When we think of debt, we are so used to borrowing. We think, oh, I need to borrow. No, no, no. You know, you could actually switch that around, right? You know, you could lend money to somebody, right? Um, An asset pays you. An asset pays you. Uh, Last I checked, shares of Ford Motor Company are paying like 6%. So there's some blue chips that behave like that, right? Am I saying Ford is a good purchase or a bad purchase? No, that's, that is so outside of my depth. But I'm saying there are things that pay you, right? If you go to the laundromat, do you pay them money so that your clothes get washed? Say yes. What if you purchase the laundromat and run it? You just purchased an asset. It's a, it's, a, it's a location where you seek a consistent customer base. You know there's gonna be cash flow from it. That's an asset, Um, my consumption will stand out if I seek eternal treasure. That's the verse, right? For those of you who've been in the scripture, that is the, that that is ground zero for financial education from Jesus. Do not seek the treasures that moths can eat it and rust can can corrupt it. Don't go after that. Seek the treasure uh, that is in heaven. In other words, the reward of your father for chasing after his kingdom first. Some other answers. My consumption will stand out if I leave an inheritance to my family. My consumption will stand out if I avoid shortcuts, get-rich-quick schemes, the New Living Translation uses in Proverbs 13, 11. My consumption is going to stand out if I seek to lend instead of borrowing, Something else in my preparation that I found so much material, I could have made an entire sermon. In the Old Testament in particular, there is so much command telling the people of God to lend to the people of God without charging interest. It is stated repeatedly. Now, we have to go cultural context. There was no government safety net back then. Your neighbor was your safety net. (laughs) <laughs> right? If your family couldn't take care of you, now you're turning to somebody else. And God says, within the family of God, don't you dare charge interest. And as Dave Ramsey says, which I think is good wisdom, if they need 2,000 bucks and you don't have to have that 2,000, maybe keep the relationship cleaner, just give it to them. Sometimes a gift protects the relationship better than a debt does, right? Just some practical Wisdom, And then here's where we're going next week, because I know you're excited. Standout consumption, I'm spending so different now because my passions are so different now, leads me to standout generosity. See, brothers and sisters, this right here, this sequence of thought is what's going to protect us from guilt. If we start with generosity, oh, tithing, hey, uh, Caleb's going on a mission trip and you should, you should drop 500 bucks on the, you know, whatever good thing is going on, okay, you sit there and you do the math real quick for what money you do or do not have, and then you potentially feel very guilty that you cannot give. But what if, I, what if I sent you a lifeline? What if I gave you some grace? What if we all gave ourselves some grace and said, you know, the amount of money we've got available to be generous with is smaller than it could be. We would have more money to, to pursue these generous pursuits if our spending was really, really different. And my spending might be really, really different if my passions and desires are really, really different. So when I tell you guys to get into scripture every day, that is upstream from having a very different family budget, which then gives you more wiggle room. When some ministry comes along that's really exciting and you'd like to give to it, instead of that sinking feeling of, oh man, we can't participate. Instead of that disappointment, you go, you know what, babe? We do have a little bit of margin. We could give a little bit to this. We can participate. And all of that was not quick and it was not easy. It's an entire reordering of our values and our perspectives. It's not quick. It's not easy. Everybody, breathe out. Do not let Satan take scripture. Did, Did you guys notice? Matthew 4, when Satan comes at Jesus, he comes at him with Bible verses. Is there anything more diabolical than that? So don't, again, don't let any of these scriptures, oh man, I, I reached my senior years and I'm on fixed income, so I'm terrible and God doesn't love me and I'm worthless. Did Jesus say any of that? Jesus would never say any of that. So breathe, breathe. Lord Jesus, we are inviting your Holy Spirit to transform our thinking and our passions and our behaviors. We want God We already, I know the saints in this room, we want to be more generous than we are. But some of us, we don't have a family budget yet or we have it, but our communication is awful and so it's not getting very far or something, Lord. Or maybe our our desires just are not aligned yet with all that you're trying to accomplish in our lives. And God, whatever the grace is in each life in this room, I ask you to give that grace, give that blessing. We're all in a different spot Um, God, I'm thankful, God, for the people in the room, frankly, that are younger than me, getting to hear some things that I wish I'd heard once upon a time. Oh, God, would you please transform our behavior because our thoughts and passions were transformed. We wanna honor you, Lord. We wanna be generous to those around us. We wanna be freed up to do so. And we just need help. We need encouragement, Lord. So give us that so that Foundation would stand out as a beautifully generous people, stingy with our bodies, but generous with our money. Father, we thank you in advance because we believe you say yes to prayers for holiness. In the great name of Jesus, we pray. God's people said. Love you guys. Have a blessed week.